This is Design 30. Welcome in to another episode of the Design 30 podcast. I've realized that I haven't been doing my little intro on, I think, most of the episodes. So this is the Design 30 podcast where I provide design strategies and tools to improve creativity, innovation, and overall design confidence in just 30 minutes or less. Okay, so today is a little bit different episode. Um, This is a new, I don't know if you call it just a new style or new series, um, but I'm calling it In Review. And essentially what I will be doing is reviewing a specific book. Um, Potentially in the future, it could be a product or even an article that I read that I thought was interesting. So this is something that won't be uh, necessarily a weekly podcast. Um, I'll still do the traditional Monday podcast, which is more of a, a actual concept or tool that I'll be discussing. But for these, it'll probably be more like two to three times uh, per month. So uh, hopefully this is interesting and uh, a little bit of a change up from the standard type of episode. So today I will be uh, reviewing the book Creative Confidence. I've already discussed this a few times on the podcast. And yeah, I think after you hear a few quotes from the book, you'll understand why. Uh, it's, it's probably one of the most influential books I've read uh, since, well, post-undergrad. I read it in grad school uh, during my advanced product design class, and it's, I don't know, it's just one of the most, uh, I would say, inspiring books I've read in a while. Um, If you're like me, you're someone who potentially has uh, struggled seeing themselves as a creative person, and so this book does a really good job of Uh, really encouraging anyone to look at themselves, look at what skills they provide and how to implement those in a a creative way. So with that, again, the book is called Creative Confidence and it's by Tom and David Kelly, who are the founders of uh, the design firm IDEO as well as the uh, the D school or the design school at uh, Stanford University. Okay, so the first quote is going to be just from the, uh, the introduction of the book itself. Uh, the very first page. When you hear the word creativity, what do you think of next? If you are like many people, your mind immediately leaps to artistic endeavors like sculpture, drawing, music, or dance. You may equate creative with artistic. You may believe that architects and designers are paid to be creative thinkers, but CEOs, lawyers, and doctors are not. Or you may feel that being creative is a fixed trait, like having brown eyes. Either you're born with creative genes or you're not. As brothers who have worked together for 30 years at the forefront of innovation, we have come to see this 
set of misconceptions as the creativity myth. It is a myth that far too many people share. This book is about the opposite of that myth. It is what we call creative confidence. And at its foundation is the belief that we are all creative. So right there, you can see kind of what I was referring to when I introduced the book. Um, it's per, they provide this new perspective on what creativity is, uh, and it's something that we all have the ability to learn and implement and practice. And I don't look at this as uh, necessarily creative in a technical sense. I know that there is a, an actual definition of what a creative person is from a psychological standpoint. And I don't think that's necessarily what they're referring to. I don't, they're not saying that everyone would be considered creative uh, by that definition. Um, But we all have the capability of improving our ability to solve problems. I think that's really uh, the core of what they're getting at here. The next quote is a few pages in uh, where they say, At its core, creative confidence is about believing in your ability to create change in the world around you. It is the conviction that you can achieve what you set out to do. We think this self-assurance, this belief in your creative capacity, lies at the heart of innovation. So here they're kind of emphasizing effort and experience, I would say. Those are the two keys to be creative and to uh, have creative confidence. You got to put in the effort, put in the work, practice, improve your skills, and then experience. You have to actually put them into practice on real products, on solving real problems. Uh, It's not just this natural uh, ability that people have uh, that provides them with this creativity. It's something that you essentially earn over time. And it comes through hard work, Uh, taking chances on uh, difficult problems and gaining experience that way. The next quote comes from page five, where they say, in our experience, everybody is the creative type. We know that if we can get individuals to stick with the methodology a while, they will end up doing amazing things. They come up with breakthrough ideas or suggestions and work creatively with a team to develop something truly innovative. They surprise themselves with the realization that they are a lot more creative than they had thought. That early success shakes up how they see themselves and makes them eager to do more. Again, here they're saying everyone has this ability and it takes some some work. Um, They believe that the methodology they provide uh, often gets people there, and I can attest to that. Uh, And again, perseverance, working hard is is one of the key aspects of building your creative confidence. So now jumping ahead a bit further into the book on page 30, uh, again, I'm skipping over a ton. I would highly recommend you actually buy this book and read it because there's just, it seems like almost every page there's something that's going to be impactful and uh Yeah, I don't know. I think everyone listening would actually find this book very interesting, no matter where you're working, uh, what kind of job you're working in. So definitely recommend. So here they say one prerequisite for achieving creative confidence 
is the belief that your innovation skills and capabilities are not set in stone. Here again, this is something that I think a lot of us tend to fall into, uh, that you believe that you're either creative or you're not. You have your creative friends and you have your uncreative friends. Uh, and again, they're saying that's not the case in their experience, that your skills and capabilities can be improved, they can be molded and shaped over time. Uh, that's not something that is set in stone from birth. Um, and I think this is incredibly motivating, actually. It's, it's a belief that you can improve and this belief, I think, is it's really essential. It does give you the confidence to take chances, go for those difficult jobs, try to solve difficult problems. And that's where your ability to be creative and innovative actually improves. And that's how you grow as, a, as an engineer, as a designer, or whatever job you're in. And I think they really uh, emphasize this ability of humans to, to change, to improve, to learn, um, and overall, then with those, succeed over time. Okay, so moving on to the next quote. So this one is on page 33, and it's one of my favorite quotes, actually, from this book. Uh, they write, once you start creating things, you realize that everything has intention behind it. Uh, and this is something that I, I would highly encourage you to think about a little bit. And for me, what it did is it, it changed the way I look at products and the way I interact with almost any object or app or website. And you start thinking about why people put icons in certain locations, why they shaped handles a specific way, uh, why they've used uh, different colors for different aspects of a design. And it's, yeah, you're trying to understand the intention behind each of those designs. And then after this quote, they actually go on to uh, quote Steve Jobs, which is a somewhat famous quote, but it's one that, that I personally love. Um, it says, and this is from Steve Jobs, the minute that you understand that you can poke life and actually something will pop out the other side, that you can change it, you can mold it. That's maybe the most important thing. Once you learn that, you'll never be the same. So again, here, they're using this quote from Steve Jobs to really emphasize this ability of humans to change the world around them, to have the ability, the control to create new products that other people are going to love that in Steve Jobs case, literally changed the world. So they're trying to push that sort of confidence, uh, onto all of the readers of this book. And yeah, I, I find that pretty, pretty motivating. And I would agree. Like this is something that once you design your first product, once you design something that actually works and you get positive feedback on, that's an experience that I think will stick with you for the rest of your life. It's really, uh, really a pretty cool feeling. Now going a bit further into the book, uh, on page 41, they write, the surprising, compelling mathematics of innovation, if you want more success, you have to be prepared to shrug off more failure. 
And this is another huge lesson uh, I learned from this book and something that I try to carry with me all the time. But it's this idea that you have to be willing to fail. And this is actually really difficult. And I think it's something that the way I would say school is set up in the modern world doesn't necessarily encourage failure. You have to take these tests, which you have to get a grade on, because if you fail one of those tests, it's gonna tank your overall grade. You do these different projects, and you just you don't really ever have, I don't know, a, a part of school that you can just take a huge risk on, and if you fail, it's okay. Usually every time you fail, it's gonna negatively impact your grade, which negatively impacts you. So you're incentivized to not really take these huge risks or really take on anything risky at all. You're trying to be safe, you're trying to get these good grades, and you're just trying to provide what you think the teacher wants. So for me, this was something I had to kind of unlearn. I, I was always someone who's good at school. I always got good grades, um, but I fell into this trap of I would just, I understood what exactly the teacher wanted. I knew how to provide it. And that's what I did. I never took anything to the next level. I never took a risk on something just to try to, you know, be creative and come up with something new. Um, so through, I would say undergrad and graduate school is where this finally kind of, this finally reared its ugly head in a lot of ways where, I had to start being more creative. I had to take some risks. I had to learn how to fail and then learn from that to, uh, to improve. And you, I think you can improve much faster that way. If you're just taking these small steps, no risk, you are learning skills and improving. Um, but I would say it's a much slower way of doing it than if you go for something big and it totally flops. And yeah, that's stressful, it's difficult, but you're gonna learn and be motivated from that failure uh, to improve even more than if you just consistently, you know, get the good grade, learn a little bit here, learn a little bit there. But one lesson from this, like I would say obviously, um, like I said, failing is a part of life. It's a part of being creative and taking chances. Uh, but another big part of it is uh, you want to stop. You don't want to keep making the same mistakes. So learning from your failures obviously is integral to uh, learning how to fail. Uh, I would say how to fail smartly. So moving on to their next quote. This one is on page 49. Whether you consider yourself a born innovator or are new to creative confidence, you can get better faster at coming up with new ideas if you give yourself and those around you the leeway to make mistakes from time to time. So this one, again, is on this uh, same, uh, same idea as failing fast and being willing to fail, um, but it's more about creating an environment uh, either for yourself or for the people that you work with where failure isn't the end of the world where you aren't just being judgmental and looking down upon people who make mistakes. You actually want to encourage that because that's going to build a culture in your company where people are willing to, you know, take a risk on something, go for something big and new. That's, you know, when you try something new, odds are it's going to fail. Um, but you're going to, you're going to learn something from that and it's going to eventually lead to more innovative and creative products uh, which will be more successful for your company. However, again, I want to emphasize that 
The goal here is to fail uh, smartly and strategically. You don't want to make just random, uncalculated risks. Uh, you want to fail in such a way that you can learn and grow from it. And a huge part of that is planning ahead and make sure you you understand the ways in which your product or design could fail. And then after you go through whatever it is, user testing or requirements testing, uh, actually being very observant to understand why you failed and what people liked, what they didn't like, what worked well, what didn't work well. Um, so it's not just throwing you know clay or paint at the wall and seeing what happens. It's doing it in a very strategic sort of way. All right, the next quote I pulled from this book is on page 55, where the authors say, the tendency to label ourselves as non-creative comes from more than just our fear of being judged. As schools cut funding for the arts and high-stakes testing, and high-stakes testing becomes more pervasive, creativity itself is devalued compared to traditional core subjects like math and science. Those subjects emphasize ways of thinking and problem solving that have a clear-cut, single right answer. While many real-world 21st century challenges require more open-minded approaches. This goes back a little bit to what I was saying about school and what it's really uh, emphasizing uh, with the way it's set up today. I would say, obviously, that math and science, as we all know, definitely have a very important role, especially in uh, design. But I think it's, it's more looking at math and science are these tools that you can use when you're working through um, problem solving, being creative, coming up with new innovative designs. But there's also this, there's this idea that those should be used as tools. And in real life, you're not going to have an answer that's either right or wrong. You have to figure it out on your own. You have to figure out how to decide whether or not an answer is correct, how to decide whether um, a design is what you want to go with. Is it the correct one? Is it the wrong one? Are people going to like it? Is this product going to be successful? There's no easy way uh, to check your answers. There's no answers in the back of the book. Um, so this isn't a way to uh, degrade math or science, but it's just changing the perspective on what those are and how they should relate to a career in design or a career where you're you're being asked to solve difficult problems. And the final quote that I will offer today is on page 65. Creativity, far from requiring rare gifts and skills, depends on what you believe you can do with the talents and skills you already have. So with this quote, it's just re-emphasizing this belief in yourself and understanding that you have skills and abilities that you can utilize, that you can improve upon to become more creative, to become a better problem solver, and an overall better designer, engineer, product developer, whatever, whatever line of work you're in. And this improvement comes from taking on challenges, taking on more responsibilities at work, and also taking on more risk. A big part of being creative is this willingness to take on risk. Again, calculated risk. You don't want to be uh, just taking on dumb risks that lose your company money. Um, but there has to be an element of risk taking.
and you want to fail fast, like we said, and you try again and again and again, there's a lot of iteration and innovative product design. Well, that is all of the uh, quotes I have from this book for now. I only made it through probably a third, maybe less of the book. There's just, there's so much content in there. Um, and this, these quotes I gave were definitely more kind of high level looking at your, uh, you know, this whole idea of what creative confidence is. Uh, but if you read the book, there's actually a lot of tools. Uh, there's a lot of different strategies. Uh, they provide a ton of really helpful, concrete ways to improve your own personal creativity, how to do it in a group setting, how do you set up a brainstorm, what are good ways to ask questions. So just tons of practical advice in this book. So highly recommend uh, you give it a give it a purchase and just read the entire book. Would definitely highly recommend it. Okay, so like I said in the introduction that I actually remember to do on this episode, uh, my goal is to keep these episodes under 30 minutes. And I've mentioned it before, but the idea there is to try to keep these episodes uh, the length of the average American commute, which is somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes. The idea is you can listen to these, get some uh, ideas, maybe get a little bit inspired before you head into work. And then even on your way home, if you want to re-listen to uh, just get a better understanding of of what the episode was on, uh, you can do that as well. All right. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, This has been the first episode of the new series called In Review. And so keep your eyes out for more of these popping up. They won't come out on a specific day, uh, but most likely they'll be coming out towards the end of the week. As always, please uh, rate the podcast. Uh, If you're on Spotify, it's really simple. Uh, It's just right at the top of, you know, you click on the podcast. It's right at the top there. So please give it a five-star review. If you want to help support it, share it with friends or family and also please subscribe to the design 30 Substack. Uh, i haven't been writing much on there lately it's been kind of a, a crazy last month or two um, but there will definitely be more uh, more coming out from that side of things in the near future with that i will bring this episode to a close and as always thank you very much for listening